And the motion picture is the most important art film ever devised by the human race. It is the, the art form that creates more empathy than any other. It creates our ability to step out of our own shoes. Hello and welcome to The Great Movies Pod, a retrospective film review show, the podcast where we watch and discuss each of the movies covered in Roger Ebert's seminal film essay collection, The Great Movies. I'm Nick Fulton. I'm Dylan Clare. <laughs> Shit, we haven't done that in a long time. <laughs> and um, I'm Jenna Gardner. <laughs> and on this episode, we are talking about Les Vacances de Monsieur Hulot. Or Thank God Monsieur this one is... Uh, great French. Not like... Yeah. We can translate this one. Not the next movie, but we can translate the next one. <laughs> Monsieur Hulot's Holiday from 1953, directed by Jacques Tati, written by Tati with Henry Marquette, and this is Tati's second of six feature films and the first of his four consecutive films in which he stars as the titular Monsieur Hulot. So, Dylan, I'm going to go to you first, because you have seen this before, correct? Yeah. And you've seen some Tati movies? I know you've seen Playtime. I've seen... Traffic's the fourth Hulu movie, right? Yes, it's his final Hulu movie. So I've seen the first three Hulu movies and Jour de Fay. Okay. So you've seen um, most of his film, like three quarters of his... No, four, four that's of not right. Two, well, two thirds of his filmography. Well, it depends on if you count School for the Postman and for his uh, Bastia. Mm, at least in his features, you've seen four of four, six. Then. Four of six, yes. Okay. Yeah, and Parade is, I think, a weaker um, entry. I don't know. It has its defenders, but I, I didn't enjoy it as much. Uh, what's your kind of experience with Tati and Hulu? Uh, my experience was I really loved Playtime, and the other ones were cool. Um. And I think that was a little shaken because I I I've, I really like rewatching Hulu's Holiday this week. Yeah, and Jana, this is your first Tati, correct? It is, yes. Um, what did you know about him like before? I know I'm this? so curious about all Literally this. Literally, yeah. all I knew was like I've seen like stills from Playtime, basically, like all those sort of crazy mm. images from Playtime of those elaborate sets and everything. Like that. Yeah, was it's it's very West. Yeah. Like I think West is. One of his biggest influences is played. Yeah, and it's yeah because and and I I knew a little bit about sort of the like how like what a undertaking that film was to make and you know it was so expensive and elaborate and all this stuff and I'd heard lots of people say like oh you should really try to see Playtime in a theater so I'm always kind of keeping an eye out to see if it's going to be playing anywhere near true. me um, but it hasn't been and I hadn't seen it and so um, yeah this was my first my first Tati and my first Hulo uh, watching his uh vacation <laughs> this week so did you did you know anything about his style of humor then like because it's very understated right. not not really no um i mean i could sort of imagine just from the context of like you know like i said having sort of seen images and knowing you know this is like a dude in france in the 50s that it probably wasn't going to be like wacky wacky um mm -hmm. but yeah no I, I really did not know much at all when did you and Matt realize what was going on? I mean, like, pretty quickly. Like, the opening... <laughs> and I, I didn't know just how... Impressionistic's not the right word I want to use, but sort of like, yeah, like, like plotless the uh, the story was going to be. I mean, but uh, you can tell, like, I I went to the Wikipedia. In. 
I went to the Wikipedia page to try to help me remember. Oh, there's no plot. Words. It doesn't even. They don't even. There's bother. literally not even a plot section. They don't even section. bother. They don't even give you like a mm. anything. Which which is fair. They should just do bullet points of like here are some of the best bits. Yeah, that's what like I. That's what we should do. Like we can't even that's review because yeah, the movie is almost like a vacation for real where you just kind of like hang out and you do Sit shit around. and yeah. none of it has any point and that's like the point of it is that there is no point you just kind of sit and enjoy things yeah yeah and that's real. like this movie is like a, a movie version of that kind of vacation it's... where you're not you're not going on excursions you're just doing shit and like hey i'm gonna go on a boat today for a little bit mm-hmm. boat is probably my favorite gag it is very funny um but even like i remember like incredibly specific things in this movie more than like actual plot details like there's this door that leads into this parlor but they all And like I don't know like I I can talk to you more about the parlor door that I can with most of the uh, things in this movie, <laughs> yeah, or the people in it. Like we, I think oh there. Oh God, are, I love are, all the people yeah. in this. Movie. A couple names, but are we there? don't really get to know people. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm like, there's the I pretty mean, there's lady. Hu- there's the- Hulo, and there's the lady's name Martine, um, but I don't know if I even know that from the movie itself or from like Letterboxed and how she's credited. <laughs> sure. I love the waiter who is just so exasperated at, at literally yeah. anything that goes on in his presence. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're talking about how this doesn't have much of a plot or a story. This was nominated for Best Story and Screenplay yep. at the uh, 28th Academy Awards. That's cool. That's really cool. It it lost to... So here's here's that uh, that category that year. The runners-up were The Little Seven Foys, This, uh, It's Always Fair Weather, The Court Martial of Billy Mitchell, and Interrupted Melody. I've heard of It's Always Fair Weather, and I've not seen it. I've not heard of the not other three. A ca- yeah, there. not a category. It's, it's such <laughs> an interesting... I've heard of Interrupted Melody as well. I do know that one. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know who uh, is, is second build on that? Is Glenn Ford. Mm. Glenn Ford. Anyways, I've never heard of this director either. Uh, Curtis Bernhardt? Neither have I. Cortmore. Glenn Ford's pretty cool, though. Is it? Oh, yeah, so, the court marshal of Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell's the guy from King of Kong. Well, I mean, that's his name, but <laughs> <Yes>. it's not. <laughs> I'm going to imagine this, the court marshal of Billy Mitchell about, is it's like actually getting, so. the, it's getting the correct justice that Billy Mitchell deserved in King of yeah. Kong. Just very quickly, the Seven Little Foys, which I had not heard of, looks like an know, absolutely right deranged now. Bob Hope movie. <laughs> yep. Just it's one of those vaudeville stories, and apparently George M. Cohan, or sorry, James Cagney, is in it, reprising his role as James M. Cohan from Yankee Doodle Dandy, which is like a wild hmm. trivia fact to me. Um, but yeah, what a what an interesting year. It's like. Yankee Doodle Dandy's The Color of Money. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> so I will say, though, that it, there's a best story and screenplay and a best screenplay. The best screenplay nominees, Marty, Bad Day at Black Rock, Blackboard Jungle, East yeah. of Eden, 
Love me or leave me. That's a yeah. More, that's a more right. like well, I've heard of all these movies. Yeah. they're all stone classics. And from what I can gather, part. like basically, that's what would now be the adapted category, and the other one is what would be the original category. Uh, that's okay. why one is story exactly. and screenplay, and the other is just screenplay. Oh, because you came up you with, came with the, the story, story, story. Yeah. Okay. and then wrote it. But yeah, I just love that Hulot's Holiday. They're like, yeah, you made a movie about less than nothing. Mm-hmm. Um. And it was great. So we're gonna gonna throw you a bone there. Yeah. So uh, Ebert says that this is the movie that he thinks Tati will be uh, most remembered for and be described as this masterpiece. In the 2012 um, Sight and Sound thing, this didn't place. Uh, I th- I believe that Playtime is like number 50 or 51. Yeah, like it it's, really it's, is Playtime yeah. now. Yeah, it's right around the margins of of like the top 50. I can't remember if it's quite in or not but uh this this was lower it still got some votes but it was 588 pretty big name votes from it at least (laughs) on the director side yeah so the two directors who voted for it were richard lester i know that makes sense who we've already covered one of his films and then it's awesome that both of these guys got a vote both so benny Safdie voted for this interesting both of them make more sense than i think you'd expect but they, they'd only made, like, say? I think, two features. Daddy Longlegs yeah. was like, The fact that sure. Benny Safdie got a vote in 2012 is kind of wild. That's Yeah, that's mm-hmm. pretty good time. And his, his uh, so here's his list. It's um, A Man Escaped, Broadway Danny Rose, City Lights, which we've covered, Kings of the Road, Meantime, Milestones, uh, this, Nashville, which we're covering soon, yep. Sorcerer, which is one of Nelly's favorite movies, and The Super Cops, not... Super Cop, aka Police Story Three, <laughs> starring Jackie Chan and Michelle Yeoh. Uh, but his his ballots is one of the few where he actually wrote in notes, which I love. Oh, I love that. Yes. So, so here's what Benny, who at the time Benjamin Safdie, mm. very um, wow, very formal. And I think now that he's more established, he can he can go with uh, Benny as his. Yeah, you know, he he doesn't have to try to pretend to be more adult now that he's already <laughs> proved himself. Yeah. Yeah, um, he says the silence and precision of the gags is almost avant-garde. Monsieur Hulot is cl- clumsily precise, and when the vacation ends on this film, I was left feeling like I'd met a good friend. That's a really good review for this movie. I think it's very nice. Clumsy, fully precise, feels like you met a good friend. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and he and he is. So we'll we'll get into the movie itself, but I just want to say, um, like about Jacques Tati himself. I think that there can only be one Jacques Tati, but there are two Fernando Tatis. <laughs> wow. Stone-faced reaction from Dylan. Not even, not even a twitch. There it is. Fernando Tatis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tatis is, mm-hmm. yeah, there's two of those. <laughs> you were just like waiting all week for that? Has that just been like building up all week? No, I came up with it yesterday, uh. and I got so excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the movie starts in... Um, I, I do quickly want to say before we get move past like the award stuff, this did get nominated for Palme d'Or. Yes. At the Cannes Film Festival. It did win the Fipreski Grand Prize, but it lost the Grand Prix to um, Wages of Fear. Mm. That's a good movie. Uh, which, was speaking of Sorcerer, only- is... The original uh, 
source of sorcerer. Yeah. That's true. Jury so president, it... John Cocteau. This was only the sixth mm. Cannes Film Festival. Like, that's always funny to, like, look back at these and be like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, it's just the sixth one. Like, they were, they were all still brand new at this. Let me see what else played. Oh, this is a big competition list. <laughs> yeah, it's a good list. Mm. Awara. Um, Children of Hiroshima. I Confess, the Hitchcock movie. Yeah. I didn't get to that one yet. Okay, I Confess, yeah. Monsieur Hulot. There's a Ford. There's a... Sun Shines Bright. That's a very weird Ford. There's Terminal Station, which I don't love, but is a very interesting movie because it... Um, was completely cut up by, I believe, David Oselznik. And it has, there's actually two releases of it. Um, the original De Sica, which is called Terminal Station. And then uh, it was re-released as The Indiscretion of an American Wife. And I think it's Koganada who does a, a short, like maybe five huh. minute long um, video essay on the differences between the two and how uh, De Sica would let small moments linger and um, Selznick just wanted to like chop everything up, and, and yeah. it speeds by. So. Also, Shyamalan's The Village is on here. <laughs> no, good for you. The real twist is that he's been around this for whole time. Yeah, seventy years. So the movie starts, and it's a bunch of people like driving to the the beach, and we don't. I don't think we ever really know what town this is, right? It's some kind of French seaside. Mm -hmm. I think on the Wikipedia page it says which town they used. Yeah, um, there was a little... The Hotel de la Plague at Saint-Marc-sur-Mer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Great, that worked well. It's now run by Best Western. <laughs> Wait, actually? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> That's what it says. Oh, oh yeah, it does say that. Uh since in 2009, I guess. Uh, but the, uh, the nice story, now we're already getting distracted, but the nice story on the Wikipedia page is basically that, like, Tati loved this town before the war, mm -hmm. and then after the war resolved to come back and make a movie there, and he mm. did, and that's nice. Yeah. yeah. The best so, western hotel, De La Plage. There you go. I mean, I'd stay there. Looks good. Yeah, it looks nice. The, the first bit that he sort of introduces in this movie is just the noise itself from the PA system. Mm -hmm. That's great. And it's incomprehensible, almost like Charlie Brown teacher-ish. Wah-wah noises. How, how long did it take you um, to kind of latch on to how important sound is in his... I mean, bits, pretty, well, pretty early. I mean, also one, you had sort of tipped me off to that that like there would be lots of sound you know humor oh, okay. and stuff um but you can tell pretty quickly just because the dialogue is so minimal that you're only listening for yeah. the other yeah other noises and audio cues and stuff like that yeah in one of the essays um in the criterion set one of the, the guy who wrote about it says that uh tati's approach to language is to reduce it to mutterings snatched phrases and mere noise mm -hmm. which can be used to enhance the visuals but cannot ever deliver a joke by themselves yeah. it's an interesting comparison coming so well kind of in between our altman movies in terms of like mm -hmm. the lack of importance of dialogue and you're just sort of picking uh, right, up right, on right. noises as they come across yeah. like it's a yeah interesting comparison yeah, and it's funny that you bring that up because I was also reminded of Nashville and that it's kind of 
I guess in this you have a little bit more of an anchor in Hulo. Uh, Playtime, he's he's sort of like fade, he almost fades into the background. Uh, yeah, kind, Ebert, kind of literally actually. But doesn't Ebert but mention that like there's no real close up of Hulo throughout the entire movie? He's always just kind mm-hmm. of in mid ground, and in Playtime he is quite often it, literally the background. Yeah, yeah, of he's shots. just kind of stumbling in the back. Yeah, but it's it's stories of people and we just kind of meander in and out of different stories just like in nashville Mm -hmm. um we get the bit of i think it's when hulo himself is driving in and a dog just like lays down on the road and he starts honking at it (laughs) and its tail goes crazy (laughs) he he loves dogs in these movies i think it's in mon uncle where there's just like dogs all the time everywhere that one's more of like the suburban Mm -hmm. like this is sort of like the rural seaside town that yeah. one's a little bit more of like the suburban life, and then playtime is like urbanism. Yeah. Uh, Mon Uncle has, I think my maybe my second favorite bit of any of his movies with the dog, which is the dog uh, in the fish at the market. If you know what I'm oh, talking yeah. about, oh yeah, we're just like growling at the fish in the guy's bag. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, good use of dogs, um, and then you know the, the other people come in. Martine gets in. We meet Hulo because he he enters this room where they're having like a tea. They're having like tea time. And when the doors are open, it's just the windiest <laughs> place in the world. And the guy's mustache is like <laughs> f- flapping, flapping about around. and the woman's pouring tea. And it just like completely misses the, uh, misses the cup because of how windy it is. So obviously there's a lot of like every... As the Criterion essay, the Ebert essay, and also just like, you know, common sense is going to compare a lot of the humor in this to, you know, Chaplin and, and Buster Keaton and, you know, those mm-hmm. sorts of things. And that was sort of the, or even like the Marx Brothers, but like that with the wind and like the tea and everything. And like, that was like immediately the level it put me on was just like, okay, yeah, I can, yeah. I can feel this vibe. It's like, it is. it's like watching a silent comedy. It's like something that would happen to Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like I mean Chaplin used sound and like City Lights. He's got the the kazoo yeah. noise or whatever it is. <laughs> that was a good bit. But that's a good bit. But but this is like a silent movie. Only he uses sound, sound effects a lot. Yeah. It's just none of it is dialogue. Right. Like I don't think there's one like word based bit. No. there's no like Mel Brooks uh, no punning or anything no. like that. No, in the entire movie and maybe his whole filmography at least, possible. Can, at least that i can think of off the top of my head um and yeah like the wind is sort of reminiscent of which is is it one of the keaton ones where where it's like the wind storm and he's like trying to stand up against it and it's like blowing him down mm-hmm. it's like at the end of one of the i, I don't know it's one of the boat gold boat rush is like that too with chaplin oh yeah, yeah when yeah. he would open the door to the cabin and Oh yeah, I've seen. I haven't seen that movie, but I've seen clips of that part. I love that movie. Um, sorry, Nelly just texted me. Uh, in Story of Film, which is like the super long Mark Cousins documentary, mm-hmm. he compares Hulo to The Tramp, which I think is sort of an obvious <laughs> like comparison to make. And I don't know if this is his um, idea or if he took this from someone else but he says that the tramp like the way he dresses and stands he's always like sort of leaning back and he's got pants that are like way too big mm-hmm. yeah and hulo's the opposite where he's always leaning forward yeah. and he has <laughs> pants too small and he has pants that are like way too yeah. short for him 
<laughs> That's interesting. And I think Ebert mentioned this a little bit with like uh, the Hulu trilogy or quadrilogy. I always think of it more as a trilogy. Is very class conscious, but Hulu himself, it he it, he's just he's very class neutral, unlike say the tramp which is always trying to act rich but is actually always very poor who mm-hmm. just kind of there in the middle of all these other people that care more about class yeah he's sort of a cipher we don't really know much about him in monster or, or in mon uncle we know that he's single because his sister's trying to set him up and he doesn't seem to have a job in that because his brother-in-law is trying to get him a job and in traffic he has a job but we don't know a whole lot about him other than that we don't ever learn his first name he could really be anywhere between mr fish Oder and the guy that skates around wonder wharf in bob's <laughs> like he could be either way and he drives a car like fish Oder, so oh, yeah two of the best two of the best characters in that show <laughs> truly <laughs> is the guy that has that rolls around on roller skates got a got a name uh, i'm sure he does probably but i don't know it i'll look it up it's important research. Make sure the Lord's work. Doing the important there. research. When he comes in and he's like introduced, um, we sort of immediately he he sort of hints at what this character is going to be. Where yeah, he he's going to come introducing and himself. Shit and, over. Yeah. Well, yeah, and he introduces himself and he sort of oh, just sure. mumbles and he's and he's unintelligible and he's trying to say his name and he he like barely, barely gets it out because he's got the uh, pipe the mm-hmm. pipe in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Speedo guy is what he's referred to. Oh, okay. Oh, fair sure, enough. Sure. Sp- Speedo guy and uh, voiced by H. John Benjamin. Like a full third of the characters on that show. <laughs> yeah. H. John Benjamin is not very good at um like doing Other- different no. voices. No. He, yeah, he's not like a Harry Shearer no. type. No, they're they're all higher pitched or lower pitched H. John Benjamin's voice. <laughs> right. And I, I love that like. You know he does Jimmy Junior, uh-huh. and so like Tina's always like crushing on a guy that sounds exactly, exactly like her dad. dad. Yeah, yep. I think about it every episode. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And um, <laughs> yeah, Labonz just sounds like Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Labonz might be my favorite H. John Benjamin voice <laughs> in the whole in the whole show. <sighs> so after Hulo comes in, we get the first. Um, instance of the restaurant which is a recurring set mm-hmm. that we come back to and it the door just throughout the movie probably a hundred times opens to and, what and quite I often described. it it they time it so like right as the door starts to stop and it won't make that ridiculous noise anymore then someone else comes in yeah i have it written is a a sproing the best i could could onomatopoeia eyes it I'll try to clip Spring. an audio thing and put it in here because it's so distinctive. Oh, real quickly, I did want to mention because this is in my notes before we get too far. At the very beginning, we had the exact same thing as Metropolis, where it was like this film was kind of cut down and lost, mm-hmm. and like there was this restoration project in two thousand nine, mm-hmm. which again is post Ebert essay. Oh, so. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, we were watching yeah. a little bit more of the movie than he was in his essay. So, like, so many of these movies were almost destroyed. It's, it stresses know, me oh out God. so badly. Yeah, every time you see something well, like it, that. It, it makes me more sad that, like, you know, that's probably uh, 
less than half the time like things get saved like this. And so yeah. no, how many great movies are we missing? There's more films that have been lost than not, yeah. basically, like from that yeah. first era of filmmaking. I watched It Happen One Night. Hey, uh, the best week. movie ever. <laughs> really good movie. If I may say that. <laughs> it's real Very good. good. <laughs> Very good movie. movie. But there's there's a lot of times where it was like Metropolis where it gets you grainy. get like the very good quality and then you get the really bad grainy mm-hmm. image quality where they just like I assume they couldn't right. clean it up for whatever reason. And like, Doesn't that also happen a lot in Star is Born in the 50s? Oh, the 50s Star is Born is insane because yeah, that that's the stuff, one I always kind of think about the most. That stuff was cut and you know as happened at the time if it was cut like they just tossed it. So they released the Star is Born they released the movie. It got some bad reception. They're like, we're going to recut it and put it back out. They cut out like 30 minutes or something, destroyed the footage, and then just moved forward. And so hmm. the rest, the, the restoration they did is they basically recovered like the audio tracks I, they still have. Yeah, but they have, the, they have images they, have, they like, play and the audio still goes over. images it. from the set. Yeah, and so there'll be chunks in The Star is Born, the Judy Garland Star is Born, where it's just a still image of them like sitting in a car and then the... I, it's, it's I don't know why, but like that makes the movie so much better. <laughs> it really. I would I rather. Say, have I would rather of... have the footage, but yeah, it's really but it's, cool, it's, and I love that movie. It definitely like sticks with you. Uh, watching that, it's very impressionable. Yeah. My my version of the like Nick's Nick's cut of the 2019 Star Is Born, whatever year that was, Bradley Cooper's, <laughs> is to just end it after she goes on stage for the first time because. <laughs> Granted, it's a totally different story. <laughs> yes. But everything works so well for me up until that, and everything after that, I'm like, eh. Yeah, it would be a very. But we still very get a lot day. of good um, Sam Elliott stuff, though. I do. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's still like an hour and a we half get, of like. We get Bradley. We get really Bradley Cooper's much, character yeah. peeing himself at the Grammys. P- that, yeah. You miss out on that. Uh. <laughs> that could that could roll like over the credits. <laughs> I have not like do 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 the uh, the veep like things get shifted to the side yeah and that's just happening and it's just him peeing yeah <laughs> I have not rewatched Star is Born since that year I feel like I should I've watched I've I've done this myself and just watched the first like half hour or forty minutes or that whatever I, it is I actually of it. I have done that now that I think about it I've watched yeah. I have watched up to the the what's shallow performance and then been like okay cool yep. cool because that's where it peaks yeah. It also makes the same. Uh, we are way off track. I'm That's sorry. all right. But there's. I mean, we're done with the plot. The plot's finished. Uh, <laughs> it, it makes the same sin that uh, uh, pop star makes, which is that it's leading up to a song at the or like the song at the very oh, end. Yeah, yeah. kind of sucks. It. I don't know. Beautiful thoughts is fine, but it, it, that's not a very good song. It's not funny. Um, and the song at the end of this is just like. Ugh. <laughs> Um, uh, Jan is muted. Sorry, um, you've been you've been hulo. I have been huloed. Well, was, I, I you put a pipe in your mouth. And just I figured it was better to mute myself so you didn't hear me shouting a request for more coffee, um, <laughs> which is what I was doing. Um, Very huloed of you I, as well. I know. I like always remember us this way, and I, she looks. You know, she's all like crying at the end. No, okay. I think it's good. Eh, not for me. And, and and I think Beautiful Thoughts is good, but you're, they're not the standout songs of I've, either movie. I've still never right. seen Popstar. I need to watch Popstar. Jenna! I know. Really? Oh, I, know I, I know I would love you it. You would love that movie. I know. I've heard the songs from it. Tony, 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 Tony? One of the best jokes. So, 
I was saying that we don't ever know anything about Hulo really, but one one of the things that we see early on is he's just, like there's a woman who is coming in and she's like bringing her luggage in and he immediately like stops and helps her. Mm-hmm. So I think that while we don't ever know like the specifics of Hulo, we do at least get the idea that he's a good person and he's like that's as much a, as we can get. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah a and that's a decent guy. That's that's all we yeah, got. He's he's somebody worth uh, following around this place. So he's a nice guy. Uh, that's a great bit of him, like carrying the suitcase, and uh, he like accidentally just keeps walking up other suitcases that are on the ground <laughs> yes. and then falls all the way through the house. Oh, <laughs> uh, what what's the next bit? I can't remember bit by bit, but coming up is the the painting of the. Boat I was gonna say bit. we just want to talk about the boat. <laughs> That's my favorite. That's my favorite. Yeah. Bit, so there, the this movie. is a two-part bit. Yes. The first part is painting the boat. The next part is <laughs> the boat itself. The boat going plump. Yeah, like hold the plump. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great yeah. noise. So he's, great image. He's paint- yeah, he's painting a boat, and the paint can drifts away due he, to the tide. Yeah, he's painting and then it, it like literally on the seaside. On the shore. On yeah. the shore. Yeah. How, okay. Dumb question. How do they do that? Or like, how I did have, he I have do that? Okay, no clue. It's incredible. I was I was peering in for the the line that was. I'm like, is there somebody under the, the water? Can? Like, I, I but that wouldn't even you couldn't. I uh, no. Or did they do that for like twelve hours? <laughs> Just waited for it to work. There's people on TikTok right now that are pretty popular where they like try ridiculous like moves like um throwing a pencil onto the top of a pin oh sure like yeah pencil. yeah yeah i've seen some of and that. like you they have like they like do this for like 15 hours and then they'll finally get one, one and post that i really thought and like <laughs> i feel like that's 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 tati in this movie i really thought you were gonna say and i don't know why this would be the case that there are people on tiktok recreating jock tati or hulo <laughs> like God, gags maybe that could be you uh, i'm not french enough yeah fair enough Uh, so that's yeah, that's the first part of the boat bit. Later, he like steps on it and it cracks, but still goes in it. Yeah, it just envelops then, him. Like it just yeah, it doesn't split apart. He sits on it, and it folds in half. It snaps like a like a like an alligator closing. Exactly. Thank you. That's yeah. It's like alligator jaws just going like that, and then he's just bobbing I, I, along in a little folded up boat. I like the, <laughs> and the um, people on the beach all run away. <laughs> like a gigantic shark. I like the way uh, Ebert describes it, so I guess this will be my favorite quote, but he says, Tati, when he goes paddling in the tiny kayak, which is like his car, is the wrong size for him. It capsizes. In another comedy, that would mean the hero gets wet and we're supposed to laugh. But not here, because it doesn't just like capsize, it doesn't break, it doesn't like sink him in. The boat folds in such a way that it looks like a shark. And then there is panic on the beach, and Hulo remains oblivious. There is almost a spiritual acceptance in his behavior. Nothing goes as planned, but nothing surprises him. Because, yeah, the boat literally folds on him. So, like, w- the back half of the boat is on his head. Mm-hmm. And he's still in the bottom half of the boat. He's just chomping. But when he gets out of the boat, he was, he's just like, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's a thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. I like that this happened, like, two decades before Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Do you think this inspired? I'm yeah. sure Spielberg had seen this. Oh, of course. He's a cinephile. Oh, I mean, how would he have seen movies like this though? Because he was like, 
I mean, he went to film school. Twenty five when he went to film school. That's true. That, he, they, that was the sh- one way you could see a lot of. I'm those sure, back like in the day. you know, USC film school had prints of these kinds of things you could watch. I'm guessing, but that's but that's true. but that was the only way, right? Like you probably had. Yeah, to that was like really the only way back then you could do <clears> it. Have an, access to someone's film library. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's where I got the idea, yeah. even though I know Jaws was based <laughs> I was going to say, even though it was based on, like, a best-selling novel. Yeah. It, Besides the point. I wonder, is Jaws, is the book good, Jaws? Does anyone know? Is it, like, a Godfather situation I, where, like, the book was known to be bad and then it was improved by a movie? I don't know. I read it in oh, high school okay. and don't remember that much hmm. about yeah. it. I think it was fine. I, Just curious. I don't know. It couldn't have been that good if I don't remember that much about yeah. it. It's not really held up, like, as some sort of thing everybody no. should read yeah they're not ruining it in schools <laughs> no that'd be cool though uh one of the other more famous bits in this movie comes next where hulo's like driving his car and he uh parks outside of a cemetery <laughs> and he accidentally pulls his uh spare tire out which these tires are like very unlike our tires they look like bike tires mm-hmm. That's what that's how Ebert describes him, yeah. And it uh, falls in the mud, and then it gets like leaves all over it, and somebody takes it as if it w- as if it is a, a wreath for the funeral, and then it's later <laughs> hanged up, and it sort of actively deflates. Yep, it's pretty that's good. good. It's a good bit. Uh, what other bits? He plays tennis. The another, tennis one is another great. tennis movie. We're just racking up. Uh, tennis movies. Yeah. Didn't we have? I know, obviously, blowout or blow up, but I feel like we had another tennis movie recently. We did didn't do they we? do tennis in Manhattan or am I thinking of Annie Hall? I I know they play tennis in Annie Hall. I don't think they yeah. do. We had one though because I, I mentioned at the time that we had more tennis. So uh, <laughs> I'm looking. King Richard? Are you thinking of King Richard? <laughs> yes, that's it. I just I just rewatched King Richard. Seemed like a good movie to revisit i don't know what it was do you think anyone's watched king richard in the last six months no well well maybe for wimbledon or something were less than six months ago three months do you think a single person has watched king richard i mean someone's probably watched on an airplane or something like but i i don't think anyone has set out to watch king richard in the last three months i think it might actually be like a solid zero like (laughs) no people have watched that a movie i thought was pretty it was fine yeah god what a god not not to derail (laughs) Not to really derail things. Why? What happened? But, oh, yeah. I got some bad jokes for you. <laughs> I do, did we do it on a fill-in episode, Jana? Because I am not seeing an episode. I, I, I'm, I'm looking at, like, they could. They didn't play tennis in Metropolis or M or no. Maltese Falcon. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. McCabe? I don't, do they play tennis in McCabe? They don't think they play no. tennis in McCabe. Sorry. I, I, at least you're with me, Dylan, you don't, that I'm not crazy that we talked about it recently, but... Anyway, Marion. Are there tennis courts at the estate in Marion Bed? Maybe. <sighs> I have no idea. Anyway, I'll, I'll like wake up tomorrow and remember what it is. Um, so what's the bit where? And, tennis and it's great. Oh. Yeah, it is really good. There's a bit where he's trying to, he's getting someone to pull his car. Oh. And uh, and he steps on the. He uh, steps on the rope on the right when they accelerate, and they shoot him like twenty feet in the air. <laughs> I, I rewound that just to watch it again. <laughs> it's so it's so funny. <laughs> it's great. 
that's cinema right there. So I th- I think Ebert talks about this in his essay. Um, actually, I think it's the quote that I had pulled where you don't usually like laugh out loud at these bits. It's more just like a series of <laughs> chuckles. Yeah, yeah, I'm amused. But that that one made that one is a cackle. That one made me laugh out loud. That one's real good. People falling, getting shot into the air, yep. like a jackass stunt, like getting shot out of a cannon. <laughs> There's a lot of good jackass stuff. Like the fireworks bit is very jackassy. Yeah, the fireworks bit is good. Uh, we'll the get there. Bit. Was yeah, that your favorite bit, Anna? Pardon? The fireworks bit. Yes. Because you're a fireworks. I am, I'm a fireworks head, yeah. Fanatic. I am. I'm a fireworks head. Yeah, that was a good bit. And I, Wait, is this like common knowledge? No, I, I mean, I just like the 4th of July and fireworks, yeah. That's, that makes that's sense. common knowledge, I guess. Um, I think it's common knowledge. Yeah. yeah. But we also, t- I, I brought it up recently when I watched Blowout, because, you know. Best fireworks and yeah, right. best fireworks in cinema for you right there. Uh, although I also really like the fireworks and the Florida Project. Anyway, I, I have a lot of thoughts about we, fireworks. And we talked about it on the Jajanka pod, but um, that like there should be a, a like a compilation of great fireworks scenes in movies because they're so good. Mm-hmm. There's one in the Leopard, Ooh. Um, Gangs of New York when Bill the Butcher's oh, walking yeah. through town. Oh, oh yeah, that's what? good. What was the, I think it's a Polish documentary of just, like, dudes, like, partying. I think it was called All These Sleepless Nights. Oh, yeah. I'll take your word for it. For some it. reason, I, I I did not expect you to say the name of a movie that sounded familiar to me when you're, like, a Polish documentary about dudes partying. But I vaguely remember that one. There's also... That one uh, starts off with it them Polish, talking It about is a fireworks. Polish movie. Yeah, Nick, Ashes and Diamonds, you saw that, right? Uh, no, I haven't yet. Oh, Nick, that's your movie, man. I own it. I have it over there. Oh, oh, actually, I don't have it over there. I, oh, I brought it upstairs. I think. Does that mean it's going to get watched? I mean it. It means it's higher on the queue to get watched. Okay, because there's that that there's a fireworks moment in that which made me think I need to make a compilation of fireworks moments. I watched a fireworks a great fireworks scene in a movie yesterday. What was it? Rouge, the new uh, Stanley Kwan Criterion. Mm. Uh, oh movie. yeah. Leslie Chung sets off some indoor fireworks, which you don't oh, see a lot. Oh, well, for reasons. Yeah. Yeah. It ends up okay. Okay. It's actually a, kind, a very, kind of like the Hulot one. A very romantic gesture in, in which she sets off indoor fireworks. Oh, no. Alrighty. It works. <laughs> all right. What are, what are the other bits? This movie's all just a series Yeah, of it's bits. just bits. Um, I'm trying to think of some the other fox ones. Skin, the fox skin rug oh. biting, oh. biting is. His, he's oh like, my god! His, uh, that's that's the one that made me like cackle out loud and like want to go back because it was. He's so got funny. like spurs on, <laughs> and like, the the fox mouth gets latched oh onto his god. spurs. It's like chomp. It looks like it's like chomping his. Oh god! <laughs> yeah, I love it. that one. Feels very like Chaplin. Yes, to me. yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that's a great bit. Yep. Um, one of my other favorite bits in the movie is there's um two or there's a kid who's buying ice cream and we don't like we don't even know who this kid is and the kid's so small that you can't see him over like the ice cream cart you just see like his hand passing oh yeah there's a lot of good ice cream bits and ebert described it really well as like they're watched over by the god of children because they're walking around with ice cream that's like Mm -hmm. they're holding it horizontally yeah he he, he opens the door and he turns it like so it's upside down and they're in this baking heat and like he's just like there's no way this ice cream stays there and to be fair i don't fully know how they did this one either but like 
Yeah. The ice cream is is perfect. It's amazing. Throughout all the stupid shit that these kids do with their ice I, cream. I love that because I all I get, I get like very stressed. Like it's such a. You're waiting for the horrible, sad thing oh, to happen and to and this kid. Like, the worst cliche. moment of this kid's it's life. It's such a cliche yeah. where it's like, oh, the kid, he gets the ice cream cone, and then it falls off, and he cries. And so I was like, okay. Yeah. And then as it's tipping over, and you're just watching it stay intact, yeah, it, it was very fun. Feels like a magic trick. Is that another one of those where they just had to do take after take after take until one did, like, a Dairy Queen Blizzard flip and, like, just decided to stay? Is it one cut though, or is it like a fake ice cream cone? Because it doesn't look it, I, like I, it. Must be a fake ice cream cone. I'm sure it's fake. A prop of some kind, and it's all. Oh god, now I want a blizzard. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say a Dairy Queen. I mm-hmm. think they're supposed they turn to like, turn down. it upside down. Yeah. yeah. We don't really have Dairy Queens like around me, and it's really annoying because I don't know if you guys get all those Dairy Queen baseball ads, but like. Oh my yeah. god! So and many. And so we, I get. There's a. There's a local, our local one is Bellinger and Tatis, and like that's who are, are getting the blizzards. But then there's. Bellinger and who? Uh, <laughs> Tatis. Um, that did actually throw me off, too. Yes. But then uh, the, um, and then there's another one that I think has like Bryce Harper that I also get for some reason. Um, we get uh, Bryce Harper and Tim Yeah, that's, we get that one also. But. I, I get the Tatis and Bellinger yeah. one, though. But what's really, it just annoys me because it feels very rude that like. They, they have, like, a Dodgers player. And, like, I can't go to a Dairy Queen. I don't think there's one for 50 miles. Like, it's very frustrating. Yeah, you don't have any good food in L.A. No, huh? no, no good. I, I know. <laughs> like, I can't get any good ice cream Poor anywhere. Poor Jenna. But you know what? Sometimes you want a blizzard, man. It's, so. it's true. It's absolutely true. Yeah. Let me see how many Dairy Queens. Yeah, there's a Dairy Queen, like, five minutes from I, but I mean, when I grew so, up in Sacramento, there like, was one every five miles. Like, I... You see a Dairy yeah. Queen all the time, but I don't know. There's there's Dairy Queens all over L.A. Probably not by me. Now I'm fact checking myself. There's one like a mile and a half from your house, but it'll take like 25 yeah. minutes to get to. Yeah, yeah, yep. They're all. What what part of L.A. are you in exactly? I'm Santa Monica by the ocean. Like the song. Like the song. Okay, yeah. There, there's nothing by you. Then. <laughs> yeah, they're in. Yeah, to be clear, to can if you, there's any L.A. Can you start doing that? In your day-to-day life, whenever people they like, whenever people just say something so, about Santa Monica, like the song. The closest one to me would be about a 45-minute drive away. I am sorry, but I am not driving to Burbank, even for a blizzard. But, yeah, I'm looking at a map, and it's like, you look at, it's like the sort of Los Angeles There's a proper, line. For- right. Are they not allowed within the city limits? Like, why are they all around the outside? <laughs> it's so weird. In between Long Beach and Anaheim, there are... Oh, yeah. Eight Dairy Queens almost directly vertically in a line. And they're literally dotted along the 118 and 210 freeways, which are like the northern yep. border. And so I just don't know what's going on. They want me to get a blizzard. All big, I don't, we don't have like a local ice cream chain, but big local ice cream is keeping out DQ. Sorry, uh, that was a wild tangent. And now I can't even get ice cream at the end of it. All right. <laughs> Listen, that's how this movie is. <laughs> that's it's true. just. Little, 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 little tangents off to the yeah, side. Little. Not much else happens in this movie from this point. We've already talked about the car when he gets thrown in the water. Mm-hmm. Let's see. He goes to a costume party. The yeah. costume party is very fun. That That is probably the most story-ish part of the movie or the least bit part of the movie where, you know, he meets the girl and they kind of dance mm-hmm. and they walk around. And, and it's, it's sort of the most like, we're just going to take some they time. They just have a nice time. Yeah. We're going to do something. 
and then he blows himself up in fireworks and then (laughs) i like i like when he dances with the girl and he like doesn't know where to put his hands because she has like an open back dress yes (laughs) there's still good humor but like it's it's no longer like a little like skit like it's 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 like an actual couple scene narrative Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole the whole movie is vibes, but like that section is like just the vibes portion. Just the vibe, yeah. I I like his little outfit, his his pirate outfit. <laughs> like he's got the yeah. vest that has a, a lobster on the yeah. back. Oh my god, I loved it so much! It reminded me of the drive jacket, but oh, instead of a scorpion, a it was lobster. a lobster. <laughs> oh, Nick, I meant to tell you when I was out and about yesterday. I saw. Is this going to be a drive no, reference? No, I, I saw a guy wearing the fish shirt, the 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 Jamie Dornan the, the Jamie Dornan shirt from Barb and Star. Saw a guy wearing it out and about. Did you? I did not did walk you, up and talk to him. No, I just sort of pointed and was like, "Jamie, no, shirt." No, I was going to say, "Did you steal it off? Take it off his did back?" Did you go up to him and and say, "Hey, I'll buy that off you for a hundred dollars." And when he said no, you had to you know beat him to the <laughs> No, no, I did not <laughs> do that. But I did Damn. make a mental note to tell you I did see one out in the wild. Oh, man. I'm still looking. I'm still trying to find that shirt. It's just, uh, I don't understand why Zara, like. Doesn't just, like, th- can they not, bring them back? Can they just not make that shirt again? What's yeah. the deal? There's clearly, They're leaving money uh, on the table. There's demand Absolutely. for it. I did have a quick question as we're sort of wrapping this up. Rap- if- oh, we haven't even started. <laughs> There's a whole lot to cover. There's the, the fireworks. A lot of fireworks go off. Okay. All right, we've covered it. That's pretty much it. (laughs) Yeah, that's the end. People leave. I do like everyone saying goodbye and stuff. That's a nice scene. Yeah, people say goodbye, and then uh, that's the movie. But Hula just kind of... You get a nice holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did want to ask, if you had to remake Shot for Shot, Monsieur Hula's Holiday, today, who are you casting as Hula? I have Hmm. two ideas. Do we have anybody that does this kind of thing? These days? Not no. really, but I have I have two ideas, but I want to see if you guys can come up with any on your own first. I can't think of the names of any uh, famous actors right now. Give me a minute. <laughs> Nick furiously Googling famous actor. <laughs> famous actor. And, um, and, uh, you're like, any, any of you guys... The if, Tom Hanks? If any of you guys say Pete Davidson, I will end the podcast. <laughs> That would be an why ins- would I have said that would be an insane thing to say. Oh, why would I have? Why do you think I would have said Pete Davidson? What about Jackie Chan? He's sort of like in this post, like can't do the stunts anymore phase, but I think still uh, wants to do. Uh, he could do little gags, I, do funny bits. Yeah. I was mainly thinking like I'm. I'm trying to think of like maybe an SNL person, uh-huh. and so I came across Pete Davidson was because like, it is very skitty, like so it it would sort of work. So, so someone like Jason Sudeikis, idea. Ted Lasso himself. Uh, Monsieur I could better. see him doing yeah, it. That's yeah. not like I mean that's just a, when you said SNL. I was like, oh. The two I had were Nicholas Braun. Oh, sure. Well, who I think has the physique. Did you just Google tall actors? No, 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 no. But yes, because the other one I don't think is very tall, so I don't think he fits the physique. But uh, Tim Heidecker. Okay. Interesting. I don't know that this is really his. Uh, he he's more loud than is... quiet, but he's one of the few people that I think is physically comedically talented enough to pull off. This movie is just like a of gentle fits. movie, and I don't think of Tim Heidecker's comedy as being particularly yes. gentle. Yeah, I, he I seems agree. like a cool dude, but his comedy does not. Uh, 
I, I agree, but like I don't think there's very many people comedically physically talented enough to do it besides Tim Heidecker. If he if he could change his I was face just a bit. thinking about uh us, the movie Us, uh obviously. And I was tweeting about us like at like twelve thirty l- last, last night. week's uh last week's this had Oscar Buzz podcast was about us. Um God, what a, these titles, man. Like there's it just sounds insane. Sorry. No, I know. Some some people kind of like them. I think they suck. I, I like them in theory, but then you try to have one conversation about the movie, and you're like, "This podcast was about us." Oh, was it? Like, what what are we saying here? I can't believe movies called "us" are made nowadays because I SEO? feel like the producer would be like, "We we need to think yeah. about the SEO." Yeah. And when we we talk about movies that have terrible SEO from like the 1930s, right. and I'm like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah. They didn't know what we had that you'd have to deal with, yeah. but. That I think now I've, I've probably told this story before because it was the most frustrated I've ever been uh, trying to Google something. But there's a band that's on the Drive soundtrack that's called College. The name of the band is just College. Mm-hmm. So you yep. can't Google College. And then normally the thing, like you want to Google us, you do us movie, right? Well, what do you think happens if you yeah. Google mm-hmm. College Band college or College Band? <laughs> you just get like yeah. marching bands. Like, it's absolutely <laughs> ungoogleable. It was insane. <laughs> um, I was like, what, what a self-own like don't don't do anyway so when i think when i picture tim heidecker right now i'm just picturing his like character in us which is like extra horrifying so that's what made me think of that i can't wait for no i'm gonna see it on a big old screen it's my first time at an amc in like i i don't even know i don't think you're gonna you're gonna get kidman have you ever been i've never been kidman this is very neither have i i've never been neither have i yeah we haven't had an amc around this is my first the closest amc is like an hour away from me this is literally the the amc is now like my closest main theater since the other one closed um but this will oh that was so sad i know i can't even talk about it but this will be my first time at an amc since seeing endgame (laughs) like that was the last time i was at one so the last time i was at an amc was Godzilla King of the Monsters because they had the earliest IMAX showing. Yeah. Well, and I just. And I I, I drove out there for that. I I could both tell from the trailers and I've heard that, like, Nope is definitely something you want to see on, like, as big a screen as you can get. The biggest damn screen. And so, like, normally we would go to Draft House, which, you know, great place to see movies, but. it's it's a little bit more cash. Ca- and the like the one by me, the screens are tiny. Like it's because it's like tucked into yeah. a building in downtown Los Angeles, and so yeah, the screens are pretty small. Like I like I saw Maverick there, and I have some regrets, but mm. sorry. I went down a uh, a Hong Kong Film Awards rabbit hole yesterday <laughs> sure. because Rouge, the the indoor fireworks movie, um, won uh, best actress and best picture. Oh, okay. And they're they have the same like small group of like I think it's a smaller film industry than than like the Oscars, which is, you know, largely American, but also England. And then, you know, every now and then they get other, uh, like, non-English language people nominated. Um, but this one, it's like, this one guy, Sean Lau, has won twice. He's been nominated 16 times. Tony Leung has won five times. Andy Lau's won three times. Anthony Wong's won three times. Chow Yun-Fat has won three times. Jackie Chan has been nominated 10 times and has not won. Whoa! Rude. That's Rude. insane. It's rude. And like Sammo Hung has been uh, uh, his one twice, but Jackie Chan, zero goose egg. Wow. It sucks, man. That's some Bradley Cooper shit. He's at what? He's at eight uh, or nine B Coops for Oscar nominations? I think it's nine, nine, but some of those are like producers, which. 
when you look up Rouge, it has the producer's name, and Jackie Chan produced <laughs> it, so it says Rouge, Jackie Chan. I'm like, wait, he wasn't in like, that what? movie. That's, that, is, that is not the type of movie that I, he's uh, typically was... in, just like a super sad melodramatic romance. This story's going to be boring because I can't remember what the movie was, but I was looking up Jake Gyllenhaal's filmography yesterday because, you know, I just look up people's filmographies on Wikipedia yeah. sometimes, and I was running down the list, and um, I was, like, reading out loud to Matt, like, movies Jake Gyllenhaal had been in, and I sort of absentmindedly just kept reading, and there was one movie that Matt was like, what? And I looked, and then it was an executive producer credit, and they just sort of lump mm. those in there on Wikipedia where it'll be like, you know, yeah. and they'll, they'll sneak up on you when you're like, oh, in that movie, the uh, the leaders for most wins in the uh, acting category it's Tony Leung sure. uh, with five, and actress is Maggie Chung wow. also with five. Okay, the king as we the king and queen of Hong Kong cinema. So you know that tracks. It's pretty good. She's and she's been retired for like fifteen yeah. years or yeah. some shit like that. She should uh, act again. She should come back. Do a, maybe she should do a uh, Netflix comedy with Jamie Foxx. It's nobody like Cameron Diaz. Oh God, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I I got the joke. I'm sorry. I was just gonna be a stone face for that yeah, one. Yeah, no, I just I've had mm-hmm. I I know what firmly put that out of my Chung mind. Going near Netflix. Can we have like a? I don't know. Another what what is that? Um, War Kongwai or. Wong, Wong Kar-wai. When's the new Wong Kar-wai coming out? Because that's been coming out for like it's 10 in production. Years. Didn't it's did, in production? Blossoms. Is, is that a, is it a TV show or is it a movie? I believe it's a movie, but I also think that Twin Peaks: <laughs> The Return is a movie. So, so you maybe can't I'm be not trusted the guy. on these things. I Jenna, I think the answer to your question is yes. Okay. In the way that like Carlos is a movie. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Or Mysteries of Lisbon was a movie. Like it, okay. it premiered full movie, full length, but be. it's sort of released in episodes a lot because it's so long. Okay. All right. I mean, I'll, I'll take. Carlos that. is definitely a movie. Yeah, but but it was released in episodes in some areas. So. I get. Yeah, I get that, why. That, yeah. Blossoms Shanghai. Mm-hmm. Any movies that have the word Shanghai in it are already golden, from my experience of watching God, movies has, with the title. It's been, it'll, it'll have been 10 years. Like, what mm-hmm. happened, man? He was putting out a movie. And it hasn't been like he's... He was putting out a movie at least every three... Well, I guess there were six years between My Blueberry Nights and The Grandmaster. But, like, he was pretty consistent for a while there. I think the Grandmaster did good money too. I thought it? so. Oh yeah, and it got it got a cinematography nomination at the Oscars, and it should have. That movie rules. That movie does rule. I've never seen it. Oh man, it rules. Box. <laughs> let's see. It made sixty four million. No, it didn't make a ton of money. It cost thirty eight, and it made sixty four. Okay. But I mean, it was still profitable, right? Yeah. It was. It was his Wong Kar Wai's highest grossing film. So. Yeah. I mean, I know it's expensive as hell, but it's yeah, always so fun. Away. I mean, I know, I know why this happens, but yeah, it was nominated for two Oscars: cinematography and costume design. And the costumes in that movie are unbelievable. Um, and oh, it didn't yeah. make the foreign language like five. Did what was nominated that year? Did did something else? Um, uh, it was sh- it was oh, shortlisted, it was... <laughs> so it was it wasn't put out. Okay, by so the... it, it wasn't it wasn't that it got. <laughs> 
<laughs> scooped by a different Hong Kong movie. I went movie. to the, the Wikipedia page. I by the way, this is a wild digression, and I, I got 20 minutes. Um, I went to the Wikipedia page for the 86th Academy Awards, and under ceremony information, the subcategories are box office performance of nominated films. Okay. Okay. Ellen DeGeneres' Oscar selfie and mm. the Adele Dezeem incident. <laughs> Remember the good old days when the things that happened at the Oscars were like, oh, yeah, the Oscars that was were... what qualified as like a memorable oh, The worst moment. mispronunciation. Yeah. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres took a selfie that broke Twitter and John Travolta couldn't pronounce the Menzel. Like, the good old days, man. We didn't know how good we had it. Yeah. Oh, this was the year that fucking, uh, uh, what's it called, one for best foreign film the great beauty oh yeah you're still mad about that acacia favorite yeah oh god that movie (laughs) nominated against the broken circle breakdown and the hunt um i didn't like the hunt that much either i found it too like yeah i found it too like depressing maybe can't be depressing for you yeah yeah maybe i i didn't like it for what it is trying to accomplish but it was just a little too much for me Mm -hmm. yeah also, if you think about it now, the politics of that movie are a little questionable. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all about a guy who uh, is wrongfully accused of, yeah. uh, like, abuse and about everything that he goes yeah. through. And I don't think that what the movie is trying to do is saying that... Uh, no, but it also doesn't have the most tactful narrative structure for investigating. Yeah, I'm thing. sure Thomas Vinterberg isn't trying to say, like, you know, we should... Woody Allen's innocent. Center the experiences yeah. of accused people necessarily. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you just thought this is an yeah, interesting that's, story to tell. Yeah, that's, I, I don't think that that's what the movie's trying to do, but, you know. Yeah, I I'm never going to watch this I, movie. Yeah, that's, those weren't, I mean, The Grandmaster is a much better movie than that in The Great Beauty, I think. <laughs> the Grandmaster, I think one of Wong Kar Wai's weakest movies and still, uh, gotta say, it fucking rules. Good. <laughs> Do we want to rate? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, thumbs up? Up. Up. Uh, stars, Dylan. Four. Jan? Four. Oh. I'm going to go three and a half, actually. There we go. Yeah. It was. It, 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 right. it exceeded my expectation, so that, that bumped it up to the Let's four. Let's go. Yeah, I'm, exci- I'm awesome. excited to watch Playtime now, especially, because I think I'll like that a lot. You should uh, pick up the box set. The box set's very good. Yeah, it, I mean, it looks cool. Like, it looks like a cool box set. It's one of those huge ones, huh? Uh, give me one <laughs> sec, I'll show you. We have 20 minutes. <laughs> it's fine. Oh. That's all right. The movie's done. Okay. Looks like yeah, it is. Okay, so it's. I'm showing you the back yeah. of it. This is great. Uh, <clears throat> you know, right. Okay, no, it's, it's, so it is regular size. Is it the Fellini one? I think one of their box sets the Fellini is like one, the Birdman, and like the Godzilla one, the, right? Like those are huge. Yeah, uh, but, Fellini, Godzilla, the Varda one's huge. This one is normal, like yeah, height. Right. It's mm-hmm. thick, but it's normal height. Yeah. Like this and the Demi one are both mm-hmm. normal. Well, Decalogue, Apu, those are all sort of at least fitable yeah, yeah. on a DVD yeah. shelf. Um, I will say. Nick, when I ordered the the all the Hans Biars box set, I had no idea what size mm-hmm. it was going to be at. How big yeah, it is? I, for all yeah. I knew, it was going to be like this big, and so I was relieved when I was yeah, like, "No, oh, it's, it's pretty normal size." For how many movies yeah. is in it? It's pretty like narrow yeah, too. It's, it, a, it's a petite it's little very, box like, efficient set. Efficient packaging. Yes. Um, yeah. So anyway, 
I just love how it looks, like the design and the. It's so cool, the setup and everything. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Have you cracked into it yet? Um, I yes, I went, and, but I haven't been going in order. Like I, I went and I rewatched okay. the documentary, and then I bounced around. I went and looked at um, the one that I'd seen before, Allison's birthday, to see how, like how much better it looked mm-hmm. <laughs> on the disc it? than it did on like the when I streamed it on Shutter or whatever, and it did look better. Nice. Yeah, I've only watched the first two discs. I mean, that documentary is like three and a half yeah. hours long or something like yeah. that. But my God, it's, it's, so it's good. Awesome. Yeah. And it bro- it's broken down so neatly in chapters that like you can, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's very watchable. Yeah, that's the type of movie like the Mark Cousins doc mm-hmm. where I'll just like watch yeah. it once a year or something yeah. like that. To well, because docu- just live in these Yeah, say documentaries about film that are just like, <laughs> I'm going to show you a bunch of clips from a bunch of awesome movies. Like I can rewatch yeah. that a million times. All right, I want to do uh, what we watched this okay. week. Yeah, what did you watch this because week? Because we all watched Bob's Burgers, the movie. We did, yes. Oh, yeah. Good movie. Did you enjoy it? Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Sean that said this, but best car chase in a movie in the past few years. <laughs> it was a good chase. Yep. It was a good chase. Yeah. Um, fun mystery. Didn't you guys agree that, like, it did actually feel and look like a movie. Like you can see, it looks visually different. It looks, it looks different. Yes, show. it looks really it looks good. Great. It, it looks I, really, really good. I sincerely bums me out that I was like, I don't need to see it in a theater. It's just a TV show. I'm like, oh, this would have looked good, but it would have. Yep. But yeah, very fun. Definitely more than just it's. It's not like three episodes put together or anything like that. It's actually trying to tell no. like a a big story. With, yeah, it was very fun. Did you watch anything else? Should I go first? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I watched a documentary on Muriel Spark from the BFI uh, library. Mm. Um, Do you guys know Muriel Spark? No. Mm -mm. She wrote Prima Miss Jean Brody, the movie that Mm -hmm. uh, won. uh, Wait, what's her name? Shit. Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith, her Oscar. Um, And yeah, it's one of Cassie's favorite authors and is a good doc. There's only nine people that have watched this doc on Letterboxd <laughs> and only one review. The review nice. is three sentences and six words long. It says... Did I write it? <laughs> I was going to say, did somehow Nick review this? It says, great documentary, wonderful writer, weird interviewer. That's a... Okay. Movie. I watched a movie called Pulse, which is now... Very. Is it a Kiyoshi Kurosawa pulse? Yeah, I didn't know Kiyoshi Kurosawa was a horror guy. I know he. Oh, did. Yeah. yeah. I know he did Cure, so it's not like Cure. I... Cure is one of the most unsettled I've ever like. After watching that movie, which is not like jump scares or terrify you, I was like, I'm gonna have nightmares from this shit. That's like, like that's no a way. serial killer movie, right? Curse. Yeah. yeah. It's, but it's yeah. like, so, from what I understand, it's like Zodiac times more terror. It's I don't know. It's a cool movie. Um, I haven't I I haven't seen Cure, but I I, I know of Cure, so I knew he had done hor- a horror movie. But I think of him as Tokyo Sonata, Wife of a Spy, to the Ends of the Earth, sort oh, of like yeah. mm-hmm. uh, uh, more of a drama guy than a genre horror guy. But yeah, his he's got tons of horror movies. Yeah. And, oh, good. Cure's still uh, on Criterion Channel. Okay, good. Just want to make sure yeah, if I still want to watch, watch it. Yeah. Um, Nick, have you seen Pulse though? 
No, I haven't. Because I'm curious. I've only seen Cure and Wife of the Spy. I was I gonna try okay. to joke that I'd just seen the American remake of Pulse, but I, I haven't seen that either. I saw clips of it after. I've I heard saw it's Pulse almost unwatchable. I got, <laughs> I got very mad. There is one scene in it that is so iconic mm-hmm. in the 2001 version, and it's just so butchered. Yeah. In, in the remake, but Nick, if if Cure gave you nightmares. I would want to see what Pulse would give you because it is the most haunting movie I've ever seen. And there's one scene that I think is probably the scariest movie scene I've ever seen. And I especially want Janet to watch it in October so she'll get all spooked. Yeah, I'm excited. It's on the list. Kristen Bell? Kristen Bell's in the American Christina remake. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was right... Sam Levine? It was right in that... It was, it, yeah, all the... It's within that five-year window where America was just remaking every j-horror movie so you had your rings and your uh, horrible time uh the american people your grudges people, your grudges people like the american ring i believe mm, um, it's because it's got gore on the director chair though yeah yeah yeah, yeah so there's more going on right there. isn't it gore that does uh-huh. the... i believe so yeah okay okay yeah. i'm not mixing up yeah but no no one stands up for the grudge or pulse oh my that god I not of. the grudge yeah um I watched Damsels in Distress, which is the latest Whit Stillman movie, and it came out 11 years ago. It's not the latest. He's made uh, Isn't it? one since then. Yeah, he made Love, Love and Friendship. Friendship. The, uh, uh, the Jane Austen Church adaptation. Hill. Church Hill. Church Hill. Um, <laughs> that, that guy's like one of the best dumb yeah. guys in a movie in the last Oh, so good. Years. Great. I, I didn't know, understand what Nick was making a joke of. Yes, in that moment. Yeah. I've never seen Love and Friendship it's, it's either. Re- oh, it's man. really fun. It's really good. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun little movie. This was my first wit. Um, and I, I had an absolute blast. But I don't think there is a movie that is as structureless as Damsels in Distress. So I'm curious to see how his other movies act. Because this movie was just like... Com- more structureless than the movie that we just spent an hour talking about arguably yes uh metropolis not metropolis metropolitan is pretty structureless it's just like a series okay. of conversations like it's he sort of tries for there to be a plot in like the final act that like doesn't you don't really care about because <laughs> that's not really yeah. what the movie was about but like if you think osu is elliptical damsels in distress is sort of like just like little <laughs> vignettes about college life yep. and in one vignette, like someone will like buy a drink for a girl. It's one of the main characters, and then nothing about them in the next vignette. And then the next mm-hmm. vignette, they are broken up. Yep. Like a whole relationship yeah. happened. You gotta. We had, we had nothing. You gotta watch Metropolitan. That's exactly what it's like. Uh, except, okay. Yeah. Yes. Except for it's like, it's a period. Well, it's obviously the movie was made like farther ago, and I think it's set even a little bit further back than that. A little and bit. so, yeah. Um, it's like making a Bush era movie. Now. Exactly, it's that kind of thing. So yeah, I d- if you if you like that, you'll definitely definitely like Metropolitan. I, I love the structure, and Greta should have been nominated for an Oscar this year. I think she was excellent in the movie. Uh, I watched my first Weissman movie because there's the mm. dire- the documentary poll going on on Twitter. I don't know if you guys take part in that. No. No, there's like this guy that posts like uh, genre like put out your best 10 so i wanted to watch a couple weissman this month oh what'd you watch um belfast maine oh okay i haven't I'm seen not that, one. that one this yeah. this seemed like the most me it's it's just about belfast maine that's his his movies are all and just that's like... it like it, it's four hours of just kind of like meeting people in a city seeing how the city works 
It's great. It's so good. I loved it. It's a very awesome. talented filmmaker. Is it like four hours He's long? He's like 90. He is like four 90. hours and eight minutes long. Okay. Yeah, he is like 90. And didn't, what was his? He just made one like two years ago, right? Like City Hall. City Hall. Yeah. People love that one. Yeah, like that one I haven't one. seen yet. Yeah. They're, they're all four hours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, every single one of his movies for the last like twenty years is um, four hours. His older ones are shorter. They're I like think. sixty minutes. They're basically television yeah. books. So there's the one from a, a few years before that. Uh, I think it's just called At Berkeley. The one he yep. made about Berkeley. I've seen that one. That one. That I've one's heard really it's really good. great. My I have a couple of friends who work for Berkeley or for the UC system, and like they screened it for them. Like <laughs> Berkeley was like sort of so proud oh, of how it all came out. <laughs> of course Berkeley was. That they like screened it for their employees and people who work for the it's university cute. system, which is pretty funny. I watched another documentary called The Emperor's Naked Army Marches On. Oh, one of my favorite, maybe my second favorite doc of all time. Outside of? Uh, Sans Sole. That makes sense. I thought you were going to um, say your favorite title. Most... <laughs> it's a good oh, title. Oh, it's, it's, a, a banger title. The title does not hurt its documentary standing. It's the most fucked up movie I've ever seen. Jana, how much do you know about this movie? Zero. I've never heard of it. Okay, then I'm, I'm not going to say anything else then. Okay. Um, just, you could watch this for Halloween, criteria? maybe. Oh, really? It's really fucked up. Alrighty. Um, or, I think maybe Jana should just like read the Wikipedia summary of the main guy, just for like... <laughs> God. The lulls of like a funny Wikipedia summary. Oh, so I'll I'll, I'll um, tee up like how this guy is. So this takes place in the eighties, I think, like late eighties. Yep. Late eighties. Um, he's a old Japanese man who had been a young Japanese man during World War Two, mm-hmm. fought in the war. In the sixties, um, he tried to assassinate Hirohito oh. with a slingshot, I believe. Yep. And there was some other, like, pamphlet, like... He distributed fake pornography of Hirohito oh. all yeah. over streets. Like, almost like the Metropolis thing where people are just throwing flyers out onto the streets. He did that, like, all over mm-hmm. Tokyo. And then, subsequent to this movie, not a spoiler for what happens in the movie, but he goes to jail for attempted murder. Sorry. Uh, this, Hopefully this all is, of this that sells you how much of a... of the movie, <laughs> but... Because I don't want Janet to know, like, how fucking crazy this movie gets... But basically, he's, like, interviewing people and confronting them about stuff, and then they won't talk to him because it's, like, it's like really personal wartime tragedy shit. And so when they don't talk to him, he just beats the shit out of them. Like, we'll pin them to the ground and just, like, punch them over and over and over again. It's insane! Yeah, seems weird. I watched... What if that's, like, how Larry King did? <laughs> It's almost, he looks almost like an Asian Larry King, like that sort of age and just, he's just old, he doesn't move very fast, but then he just beats the shit out of people. It's Mm. very R.I.P. Sorry, Larry. Yeah. I saw Tulane Blacktop. Oh, hey. I thought was, yeah. Yeah, I saw your, I saw your review of it. That's fine. Wow. Sorry, Nick. I haven't cracked open that criterion yet. I need to. I saw Nostos the Return. Make it three yards, motherfucker. We'll have an automobile race. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> Did you have to look up that quote? Yeah, I had it pulled. <laughs> I, I I saw this movie called Nostos the Return, which is an art film of Odysseus's journey back to Penelope. Oh. Coolest fucking movie. It's beautiful. 
Um, I watched the. I don't think I mentioned this, but I saw it before Metropolis. But I watched One Fine Day, the George Clooney rom com with Michelle Pfeiffer. That was a blast. It's a really cute movie. Cute. I saw Petite Maman, which wrecked Cassie and I. Yeah, and it's upsetting. Loved so much. <laughs> um, it's the best movie ever. And then I saw a movie called Mommy. Um, have either of you guys seen Mommy? Is this the Xavier the Xavier Dolan? Dolan? No, yeah. I haven't seen any of his movies. It's Neither. a piece of shit. No. Fuck that movie. Some people regard it as like a masterpiece. Most people. Yeah. I, most people I follow in Letterboxd give it people five stars. It. It's a piece of shit. Do you like any it's of his It's akin to the movies? Joker. Do you like any of this his This is my first movie. Okay, I was going to say, I don't think you're on, I don't, I don't think you're probably going to vibe with any of. It's just the Joker. It's just the Joker. I mean, it's before it's the Joker shit. to be. I mean, the movie. No, Joker. but it, that's it's it's the same level. But it of does that cool bullshit. thing with the uh, the frame that everybody got all excited about. I rolled my eyes so hard. What thing with the frame? I mean, I don't know. So if the, the a movie spoiler is or not, but fuck the spoilers. It's a terrible movie. There's this part, like the whole movie is in this really tightly cropped letterbox format. It's in like it's like Instagram and, ratio. It's like almost it's like squarish. Yeah, it's an Instagram. Yeah. For, for, this movie is like fucking two and a half hours long. It was unbearable. I can't believe you but chose anyway, to like, watch this with all with your time. Well, because this movie's predicted to come out in the sight and sound twenty. Oh. 22 list and so i'm trying to cross off some that are people, people are talking are gonna put that on their sight and sound list okay let's let's calm down i heard some people saying it was gonna probably end up there um anyway so it's in this instagram format and there's one part where the kid who's like this troubled youth he's basically the joker he goes out like skateboarding and he's like i'm all free and then he goes like this and the screen I mean, opens frame to widescreen and then the next screen, it's hmm. the next scene. It's back to this because he beats the shit out of his mom. He does do that. Fuck that movie. I sw- hey, we thought it was we thought it was cool when Spike Lee did it. You know, there's a difference in quality between Spike Lee and <laughs> and Xavier Dolan. Yeah, yeah. I, I so bad. And also, it is the the, the most eye-rollingly stupid soundtrack of all time. It's so bad. <sighs> I hated that movie. Anyway, Jana, before you have to go, you have like four minutes. I watched. I only watched two movies that uh, we. I mean, I watched three. I watched the Bob's, Bob's Burgers. Burgers. Uh, I watched. Ooh, uh, I watched Child's Play two, which is better than the first Child's Play. <laughs> um, it's good. Uh, I, I was like, what's the other one? Of course, Child's Play two. And then last night, I watched uh, Good Luck to You, Leo Grant, the new movie. Oh, with I would watch Thompson. that movie. It's it seems like really a blast. nice. Um, it's Emma Thompson's fucking back. Un- an unbelievable performance from her. Um, she looks so good. At least in the trailer, I'm like, she's performance. She's coming. Yeah, and then uh, Hulu bought it and just put it straight on Hulu, and it's not eligible for Oscars or anything like that. It's like barely a real movie. <sighs> um, and so that was that was the just infuriating part. Is like this should have been give her an Oscar. Should have been more of a real movie. Um, it's I mean it's it's the most COVID movie I've maybe seen. Like, sure. It is. Cause they're just in like a bedroom or a, a apartment most of the time. Like right? a, yeah. A hotel room or something. Um, and then there is a section towards the end where like they, you see them outside of the hotel room, but they're in like a restaurant and there's just one other person present in the entire <laughs> restaurant. Like it feels, it feels like weirdly almost like post-apocalyptic. Cause it's like, there are no other people like, but it's, it's just cause it was a COVID movie. Um, but it's Ironically. Nice. So one of the scariest things about the movie pulse mm-hmm. is, do you guys know the concept of it? Yeah. 
I know it's like internet yeah, based cell phone or technology. Or computer. That, yeah. th- that makes it sound more like eye rollerly no. technology. St- I mean, it, it's got some critiques on technology. Also, it's but like, from long enough ago that that was still kind of a novel. Yeah, it's from idea yeah. to be exploring. What, yeah, it's like twenty years old. So these ghosts kind of come through the internet and start haunting you. And when you see a ghost, you just give up the will to live. You kill yourself. You just stop eating. You fade into dust. Yada yada yada. And throughout the movie, people are, like, going to the store, and then they realize, like, oh, there's no one at the store mm-hmm. anywhere. Or they'll go, they'll be driving down the street, and it's like, oh, there's no cars here. There's not, like, much destruction, like a usual apocalyptic movie. It's just, like, people just died. They just didn't carry It's terrifying. Um, very slight diversion. I'm reading that uh, graphic novel, The Nice House by the Lake, um, that I told mm-hmm. you about, and it is, like, a... It's a sort of similar thing where it's just like all of a sudden people are dying. Um, but in that case, in like horrifically gross ways, like that are <laughs> displayed in the graphic novel. And you're like, oh, my God, this is so messed up. Um, but that's also what I've been reading and making me watch less movies mm. is uh, reading that. And I do recommend it. Gotcha. Nice. And you saw Streets of Fire. Oh, yes. I, yeah. yeah, sorry. I didn't even I didn't log it. So it's like it didn't happen. Yes, I uh, went and saw a 70 millimeter screening of Streets of Fire on Friday night um, at the local repertory cinema here. And it was a good ass time. Like, how was the crowd for great. that? Where they look? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're clapping oh, yeah. when Willem Dafoe comes on like the screen. They're it, clapping yeah. when the, you know, songs start playing. Like, it was it was good. Um, they were, you know. Res- and Labusa was there. Yeah, apparently. Um, there were a handful of people that I like follow on Twitter who were there, uh, from what I could gather. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, which happens at these like certain screenings, especially like at this theater and at the new Bev. But, um, yeah, it was a really good crowd. It was pretty full and like respectful, like not rowdy, but like very enthusiastic, Into lots it. of clapping and cheering and everything. <laughs> it plays great. I mean, obviously it plays great in a theater. It looks good. Sounded great. Um, very fun. People should watch Streets of Fire, obviously, if they have not. That's it for me. Great movie. Mm-hmm. What did I watch? Um, so I watched uh, a Polizio Tesco called Violent Professionals, which is a uh, movie directed by Sergio Martino, who I think is more known as a giallo mm-hmm. director, but he did some Polizio Tescos too. Or Polizio Teschi, I think is the plural. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a dirty, hairy-ish uh, right. cop tries <laughs> sure. cop tries to do good overall by doing terrible things. Um, it was entertaining. It has some good car chases. Maybe not as good as uh, the Bob's Burgers one. Of course. Um, watched It Happened One Night, which best was uh, very good, very uh, romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the best rom-com think, ever made, by the way. Is it I'm trying to think of like... Have I seen Clark Gable and anything else besides this in Gone with the Wind? Um, and he's so funny in this. He's so funny in this. He's he's, he's really ridiculously funny. funny. He's got he's got like um, kind of young Cary Grant vibes. Cary Grant is exactly maybe, the yeah, absolutely. If this yeah, movie was made like ten or fifteen like years later, balls, would have been Cary Grant. yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a really lovely movie. Um, Bob's Burgers, which I had a, a great time with. Um, Band Apart or uh, Band of Outsiders, wow. the Godard movie. Wow. Yeah. Um, I liked it, but I think it was like my least favorite of the handful of Godards that I've watched recently. Um, That's fine. Anna Karina's really good in it. The the two male leads, I think, are both kind of duds, <laughs> which uh, 
Sorry, I, I searched a band apart on Letterbox to pull up the Letterbox page yeah. and like Quite I say the results it, it, it pulls up first the the page for Tarantino's production company, uh, which is mm-hmm. just funny, that's all. Which is where he I got guess, the, yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> um I watched a uh, movie called Alien from LA, which is a an eighties Sounds good sci fi movie that's like a ripoff of so it's it's like Journey to the Center of the Earth, but visually ripping off like uh, Brazil oh, in a lot okay. of ways, or like Looks Blade Runner ish. Stars Kathy <laughs> Ireland. It stars Kathy <laughs> Ireland. Uh, She's a like a supermodel from the eighties, Dylan. Oh, okay. yes. Yeah, late eighties Kathy Ireland, like maybe the most famous supermodel like, in the world absolutely. at that time. What's Doing... the what's the uh, comp to today? I mean. I Matthew has a whole thing about how their supermodels there, don't exist anymore. We talk about this a lot. Yeah, there There's isn't no a, such there thing. There is comp. Today. I mean, it'd be like yeah. Giselle. Like, for, it was probably like you know, you know who Giselle Tom Brady's wife is. Yeah. Like, she was probably the last. Oh yeah. I was gonna say like Bar Bar yeah, Raffaele yeah. like seven years yeah. ago, but even then, like <laughs> we can, we can only name is. people that Leonardo DiCaprio it, dated ten years ago. <laughs> That's yeah. what we're doing. Maybe this isn't helpful because I don't know. Do you know what it, I don't know who Bar Raffaele is, but she was one of Leonardo DiCaprio's girlfriends. Um, I mean, do you know sure. who like Cindy Crawford is? Yes, yeah. I was gonna say okay. the good comp is that it's Cindy Crawford, like Cindy maybe Crawford. a little bit younger. Sure, okay. I think I think or Cindy may- Crawford's like, maybe... a younger. Yeah, you're right. I By don't the Kathy Ireland was a little bit before because this movie is '88. By the time I really knew who Kathy Ireland was, she just had like a product line at Kmart. Um. Yeah, she, which uh, is she? She is quite yes. rich because of that and her modeling yeah, career. Yeah, absolutely. She's worth a lot of yeah. money. Um, She's almost sixty. Good for her. Yeah, she she uh, is maybe best known movie wise from Loaded Weapon One, which was like the Lethal yeah. Weapon parody yeah. with uh, I've seen it. Emilio Estevez and Samuel Jackson. Oh, I've seen it too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in this movie, she's she's doing like this voice the entire time. Is is she like, supposed like, to be super playing? Super high pitched, like childish. It sounds like she's supposed to like be a nerd in this movie. Yeah, yeah, she's a nerd because she wears glasses, and then she loses the glasses, and uh, you'll be you, you'll be shocked to find out that at the end of the movie, it turns out she she looks like. Oh, Kathy okay, Ireland. great. Uh, so, <laughs> this is not a very good movie, but I was entertained by it. I mean, How I did think you, you stumble could even objectively. This? It's a vinegar uh, syndrome okay, release, so I bought you. it during a sale. I think you might even objectively say that it's a bad movie. Like <laughs> this was featured in an episode of MST3. Sounds yeah, about right. Doesn't mean yeah, it's not fun to watch though. Like, it, yeah, it's it's silly, and I I did not have a bad time watching awesome. it. It was like there, yeah. It's it's a it's a goofy movie, um, but you know it it wasn't an hour and a half poorly spent, I guess. Um, what else did I watch? I accidentally just closed out my letterboxed. Uh, so yesterday I watched um, Rouge, which is the new Stanley Kwan. Criter- well, it's not new, but it's a newly released uh, Criterion uh, movie, which stars uh, Anita Mui. And um, Leslie Chung. Leslie Chung. Anita Mui won um, the Hong Kong Film Award for this. She is maybe best known as um, the girl from Rumble in the Bronx. But, Jana, you may know her as the one who is not Michelle Yeoh or Maggie Chung. Oh. The heroic <laughs> okay, trio. she's the third member of the trio. Yep. That, <laughs> she's the third. Yes, she's the third member of the trio. It, yeah. And then Leslie Chung is the guy from, like, uh, Happy Together oh, right. um, and Days of Being mm-hmm. Wild. 
This movie is one of the best movies I've seen all year. It is. Damn, there you go. I, I would not read anything about it. Like, I would not even read the plot summary on Letterboxd because I think it gives away a little bit too much. Um, but it it reminded me a lot of um, In the Mood for Love in sort of like the style that the story is told. It does a lot of like jumping back and forth in time and it's it looks incredible. This is just like I, I And say again, where did you grab it from? Movie. Uh Criterion. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if it's on the channel, but I I, I got oh. the, the disc oh, okay. during okay. the sale. It's really fucking good. And then after that, because uh, that movie made me feel very sad, I watched the William Castle movie The Tingler. Oh! Was that fun? Which was... I don't know that uh, movie. So it, he made this the same year with uh, um, Vincent Price, the same year that he made House on uh-huh. Haunted Hill. It's about uh, everyone in the world has a thing that they call the tingler that lives in their spines. And when you get very scared, it will kill you unless you scream. I was going to say, and this is the movie. How was this watching this, this at home as opposed to in a theater with the true William Castle experience? With, yeah. With the thing that with tingler you. vision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I put this on thinking it'd just be like a goofy, silly movie and not be scared. And it, is just like House on Haunted Hill, where most of the time it's very goofy, and then there's one scene that actually Freaks does provide out. some some pretty great scares. Um, and it's black and white, but they also use there's like very sparse use of color in the movie, which is like that's all in like the the, the quote unquote scary scene. Cool. Um, yeah, per, yeah, Percepto. I couldn't remember yeah, what it was called. Percepto was like the thing that yeah. shocked you. Uh, just a total blast like super silly movie but uh had a great time watching it vincent price is just like chewing chewing the scenery in this and uh it's it's great a lot of fun i think it's only the second william castle movie i've seen um and i definitely want to dig more into his uh his filmography after after watching rouge i needed something a little less uh a little less highbrow and uh serious good call but yeah Fun movie. Give me a lot of All right, Jana, you got to run. I do got to run. Yeah, I got to yes. go. So, uh, yeah, thank you to uh, Scott Brady, mm-hmm. who does our uh, artwork. You can find him at art underscore by underscore Scott underscore 92. 92 on Instagram. And next week. My Darling Clementine. We are, yeah, we're finally getting to My Darling Clementine. Which, uh, pulling back the curtain, we've already recorded. Was that six months uh, ago with, now? <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> It's a while. Yeah, with Peter Labuza, it's uh, rentable on all the usual places, I believe. I don't think it's uh, streaming for free anywhere, though. Nah, I don't think so. Yeah, but. It's a good movie. Cool movie. Great movie. We'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, Yeah, that's it. Roger (laughs) out. Roger Roger out. Run. Movies. I am that person on the screen. I am having vicariously an experience that happened to someone else. And that makes me a better person. That to see good films and to see important films is one of the most profoundly civilized experiences that we can have as people.